Welcome back to episode number 142 of The NP Dude. This is Jeff, The NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's everybody that's out there listening. I really don't care who you are, what your background is. If you have a question and it's affecting you as a nurse practitioner or an APRN in general, you can always email me, jeff at thenpdude.com, or you can catch me on Facebook and give me a PM there. I don't care if you do it personally, but if you friend me, I'm still getting weirdo friends asking me to be their friends, and they don't have anything about nursing, nurse practitioner, being a provider, nothing in there. I will not accept your friendship because I've been trolled before and I've had weirdos trying to, you know, ask me, you know, hey, what you wearing? That kind of crap, right? So I'm not going down that road. So um, if you want to be my friend on Facebook, I'll be your friend. I promise I'll accept it. But you got to tell me who you are and what your background is, okay? Um, housekeeping. I don't even know what we're on. 2770-something likes on Facebook. Again, it's not the best measuring stick, but it's all I got right now, and I don't have time to be doing other means of trying to track what's going on. To be honest with you, I'm so busy with the ACCNP organization that um, my podcast has really fallen off. And I apologize to you guys. So those of you that have questions out there, I will get to them, I promise. But it's, you know, the ACCNP is such a, a huge part of my life right now. And it is so very important that, that, um, it, it, the podcast is going to have to kind of hit a, a back burner for a little bit. And if that's, if that's okay with you guys, it's okay with me. I'm not getting huge amounts of people asking me questions, but, um, you're, you're still, still sending some through. So I have a couple I want to go through today and, um, they're juicy. I got one that's really juicy. It's so juicy. You guys are going to love it. You're going to love it. It's a fantastic question. And it's something that I didn't even contemplate as an issue because I never would have in my perception of reality, I wouldn't have done it this way. Um, and they got themselves into a little bit of a pickle. Hypothetical, always in hypotheticals. And I might change a little bit of it. Um, I'm probably going to have to change a little bit, but not too much because if I do, it's going to lose its flair. So I can't do that. That's the fun of it, right? Because it's juicy. And I just got this one in like a couple minutes ago. And I'm, I'm doing it right now because it's fresh on my mind. And if I don't, it will, uh, it'll wane a little bit. And I want to get it, get it uh, out to you guys. Here's the hypothetical. Nurse practitioners doing their job, doing a great job. Everything's hunky-dory. And they have a provision in their contract that specifically states that they have to give notice so many days before the end of the term for them to terminate the contract. Otherwise, an evergreen provision, which is a, a provision that says, if you don't terminate within 30 days, I'm just using 30, I don't know what theirs is, 30 days before the end of the term, like say it's a one-year term, it renews automatically every year, but in 11 months, if you wanna not work there, you gotta give them notice 11 months after you started the contract to say, you know what, I'm not gonna renew in 30 days, and I'm gonna give you my notice. And the hypothetical is that they did that properly, but what they did was they went to their credentialing that was getting re-credentialed and said, stop doing it. There's no need for you to do it because I'm going to credential with somebody else. So they canceled the credentialing for the insurance, the third-party payers, okay? Um, there's more to this sticky story, but right there, I'm going to stop right there and analyze this portion in and of itself. If you do that, you have to be very careful because most contracts will specifically state that if you um, are to, do, to uh, be employed through them as a contract employee, that you will do everything in your power to get credentialed and you won't hinder that process and all that good stuff. So if that's in your agreement, you automatically violated the contract by, by canceling the, the agreement and then giving them notice that you did it because you still have to, they, you have 30 more days where they're going to get paid. So if you cancel the credentialing, 
on, on, a, on something, then they can't get retroactively paid because it might take 90 days for them to get paid after you're gone. And you just killed that. So for a month, they may not get paid. That's, that's a detriment to them. They could, get, they could sue the shit out of you for, for breaching the contract and them not getting paid for 30 days of your services. So that's, that's where that I saw a huge hiccup, a huge problem with this right off the bat. I was like, oh, don't do that. You cannot interfere with that third-party contract. That's actually a, a legal claim is interference with contract. So it's actually called tortious interference with a contract, which that, that's, that's a big deal. They could, get, they could ding you hard for that. So that was the first hiccup that I saw. Now, I'm going to go and I'm going to pull it up because there was a bunch of other juicy stuff in this in this um, hypothetical. And sorry, delayed. I'm driving. Um, not to work, though. I'm just doing errands around town. It's a weekend. All right, here's what it says right here. So that, that was the first hiccup. And then um, it said that they gave notice of that within just a couple minutes that they did a withdrawal of that application. It doesn't matter. You still withdrew the, that your application. That's, that's still tortious interference. Um, employer failed to state um, the application withdrawal was a problem. Doesn't matter. They don't have to. They don't, they don't have to do that. They're under no obligation to say that's a problem. You, you tortiously interfered with their contract between a third party. You, that, that doesn't matter if they say, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Period. All right. Application withdrawal is not forbidden in any policy or contract. Well, maybe not specifically withdrawal, but if it says that you have um, a, a duty under your obligations section, usually it's within the middle of the contract somewhere. There's an obligations of the nurse practitioner, and usually it has something this something along the lines. And it's usually a big paragraph that you're going to help um, uh, with all credentialing, that you're going to provide information, that you're going to do. It's usually on the front end, but it doesn't usually specifically state that you're you know you can't withdraw. So just because it doesn't specifically say, state you can't withdraw doesn't mean that you didn't interfere with that contract. So you got to be really careful with that one, all right? Uh, MP was not scheduled to work at that site, blah, 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 where that withdrawal application was done. And then the employer waited 30 days uh, and terminates MP with, um, terminates NP for a withdrawal of the application, no notice or compensation through the end of the term. Well, that would, might be might depend upon what the contract termination provision is. So if your termination provision says that if they did something uh, for cause or breached some material provision of the contract, which you may have done, they could terminate you without notice. So, so far, I'm, I'm not sure what the provisions of your contract are, but based upon the general contract provisions I'm aware of, you don't have much of a case. All right. Employer states no cause. They don't need to because you terminated for breach. They don't have to say it in there. They say you're gone. You have to ask them necessarily. Now, if they're smart, they would say you terminated for cause. But if if they want to just not um, potentially get sued for defamation or anything else like that, their lawyer might have just told them, you know, just write a letter that says you're terminated. You don't need any notice. And if you try to sue them, all they have to do is in the answer say, here's the, they, they can answer your claim uh, within 28 or 38 days. It depends on your state. And, and say, you know, no, we, we had for full cause for the termination. Here was the reason they interfered with a contract. And oh, by the way, we're going to countersue for the 30 days that you didn't make us money. Ouch. And plus, you know, all the extra costs of credentialing somebody else and all the other stuff. All right. So I, here, here was the question of this, of this hypothetical. MP sues employer for breach of contract 
which again, it's not breach of contract, it's breach of a provision of the contract, so go back and listen to all my contract, you need to listen to my shows, listener, she listened to like one or two episodes, you gotta go listen to all of them, um, I, I break a lot of this stuff down in, in other episodes, you'll be much better off in the future understanding this, so um, do you have a strong case, I don't think you have a case at all, I, but I, I'd have to see your contract, it's very weak at best, now, you may scare them into something, something, and it might not be worth their time to defend it, but my bet is they're, that they're going to countersue you to the point where you're going to cave in a heartbeat. As soon as you see what the countersuit would be um, in, in the claims and the damages, what damages do you have? You already gave them 30 days notice, so maybe you have 30 days worth of your pay, so you're talking maybe upward of, I don't know, 8, 10, 15 grand max? They're going to countersue you for way more than that because they want the gross amount that you would have billed out for 30 days, not just your salary. So it's going to be way opposite. opposite. It's going to be painful. It's going to be painful. I don't like it. I don't like it for you. I wish you the best. <laughs> and let me know how it turns out because maybe I'm missing the mark and there's more to this than what I, what I know. Now, there was also a, a sideline about some... Um, I want to say it was unemployment compensation claim. The, the, the evidence that the, the, the um, unemployment compensation board in your state um, is maybe letting you get unemployment compensation for that period is a very low threshold and does not equate to evidence of a breach of contract of a provision of the contract. Let me say it that way. Okay. So they don't look at the, the contract provisions itself. All they're looking at is, did they represent a reason for cause of your termination? If they did not give you reason for cause and they didn't want to fight and appeal it, then they would just let you get it. Okay. And some states are very loosey-goosey with allowing employees to get their unemployment compensation because of the 2008-2009 crash when everybody was getting unemployed. They just, they were so swamped that they've changed their philosophy to just kind of let everybody kind of get it. If you apply for it, you kind of get it. Even if the, the you know, the uh, employer um, says that you didn't. And they may not wanted to provide the documentation that showed evidence of your breach because they may have other reasons for it like fight, fighting a, a countersuit. They don't want to get, tip their hat too soon. They want you to feel this false sense of security while you're filing your suit, and then they're going to slam you with a countersuit. And they might have said, you know what, I don't care about the unemployment board. My unemployment insurance premium might go up a teeny bit, but I got this big old fat countersuit that I'm going to win. So that might be a false sense of security. Plus, it, it doesn't necessarily amount to evidence, and it may not even be permitted in as evidentiary um, uh, um through the evidentiary rules as hearsay. So it, it might not might not come in. There's a ton of exceptions to the hearsay rule, um, but and it's very complex and convoluted. I'm not going into it now, but they, they may not allow that even in to court. This is going to settle before you get to anything else. If anything, you're going to drop it, and you're going to waste a bunch of money paying a lawyer to do the, do all this. So in my opinion, it's dangerous, and, and you know, but if you can get something out of them, great. I, I think that um, they've got a good claim against you, if, if anything. So I, and, and your damages are very low to fight in court. To go sue, you're going to spend just as much money as you would spend on getting a month's salary. And you're not going to get, you know, attorney's fees and all that shit that people think they're going to get when they, when they uh, file a lawsuit. You just don't get those things. So that was uh, a juicy, fun one. 
I, I, uh, <laughs> I hope I don't burst any bubbles, but it just, it's, there's, it scares me that somebody's going to interfere. You cannot typically interfere. Even if you don't have it in the contract, you have a fiduciary obligation as an employee to not interfere with contracts of the employer. So they could fall back on, on old common law, even though it's not a contract term. It, they could, there's, there's several ways they can win on this. I, I just don't feel comfortable for that. So please don't interfere with contracts that are with your employer, they are still your employer, even though you gave gave notice of termination, the termination of your contract is not done yet. You cannot interfere tortiously with a contract. You can't go up to somebody and say, hey, you know, uh, this place is really shady. Uh, you shouldn't really do business here. You, you should go somewhere else and do business somewhere else. That's kind of what that, that, that standard of law is set for. So, you, you know, you're going to work for a new place and say, oh, you know, I, you shouldn't contract with these guys. They're shady. Not that you did that. You just canceled a contract, but it's the same philosophy. All right. Great question. Great hypothetical. I love juicy ones, guys. Semi-juicy ones. I'll break them down. I promise I will. I'll go through it and give you some kind of, you know, level of confidence. Now, a lawyer's going to tell you, a, a sleazy lawyer is going to tell you, you got an absolute wonderful case. Give me $10,000 and we'll get this thing done. We're going to win 100000 for you. And they're full of crap because they want your money. And they'll drag this thing out for two years. And it'll make your life hell. And you'll be remembered as, oh, that NP that sued their employer once. Yeesh. And if they get a judgment against you, guess what it can do? It can tank your credit score. That's not a good day. If you want to go maybe open your own practice and get a line of credit to do so, you're not going to be able to do that now. Your credit score will tank if you get a huge judgment against you. So uh, please be smart. Be safe. Don't 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 do silly things and just be vindictive. If somebody's a jerk to be a jerk, and you want to just sue them for the sake that they're a jerk and make their life hell, it usually doesn't work. It usually makes your life more miserable. Okay, so you really have to have a solid case, and they would want to negotiate that one and get it off the books. They want it not to be a problem. So if you really had a case, you wouldn't have to sue them. It'll end before it goes to that. Okay. Hypothetical number two, and I've gotten a bunch of these, and I don't know why it's coming up right now, but I've had it several Facebook posts that I've seen. I've seen it uh, several emails to me, and I think one or two PMs to me about this. And it comes down to a contract, always contracts. You guys want to know about contracts. I guess maybe they're failing in schools, <laughs> and they're not teaching people about what business is really like, because they really need a business class for NPs, and we would all do better. I, I guarantee it. We need a business class for nurse practitioners so that you understand a little bit about business and how to do this stuff because this is this is a major problem for people and, and I, I inherently overlook it. I just assume that people know what they're doing when they get this. If you are hypothetically going to, to enter into a contract with somebody and they... Um, they say, you know what, you're going to follow the benefits that we provide forth in our benefits package that's established for the company. Well, you better know what that means. And you have to be aware that at any time they can change those benefits unilaterally. And that's not in your contract that, that, give, that mandates that it stays the same. Okay, so let's say, for example, you get uh, four weeks vacation with $2,500 CME money and you can get another week of CME time and you get all these wonderful benefits that they promise you and they do it in a letter but not in the contract it's not enforceable it has to be in the contract this this is a rule of law that's called the parole evidence rule okay 
like parole means outside. Like you go on parole, like you, you go to jail and they, you know, you get bail money and then you're on parole and you're out. So it's like, it's outside of means parole. Parole evidence rule in contract means that any language that is contemporaneously or prior, all right, contemporaneous means at the same time or prior happening before the contract doesn't matter. And there's almost always a parole evidence language in the in the very end of the contract right before you sign it. It's in the general stuff that says no prior or contemporaneous language or writings or statements will be incorporated into this contract and that this contract is all of the contract and it's in a complete agreement. Usually they look for those words, complete agreement. And that both parties agree that nothing else matters, period. If it's in there, and it's always in there. If they didn't, then an HR person like cobbled up a contract and missed it, okay? Because a lawyer would never miss that. I mean, it is beat into our heads with a tack hammer first-year contract law. Parole evidence rule. We spent, I don't know, a couple weeks on just parole evidence rule over and over and over again. Okay? And what it does is it, it mandates that, that nothing else matters. Just like the old uh, Metallica song, right? I'm not going to sing it to you guys. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google the Metallica and start listening. All right. Nothing else matters. It's just the, the, the beginning page, page one through page whatever, with a signature at the back. That's the agreement. If it's important enough for you to say, you know what, I will not accept this agreement. Oh boy, propane tanks rattling around. Oh boy. Sorry. If it was important enough for you to say, you know what, the reason I'm taking this job is because of the vacation, and it is not in the, the four corners of that document, it, it doesn't matter. It's moot. It's BS. It's fluff. Think of it as lies. They're lying to you. It's a misrepresentation. It's not, but it, but it could be. But if it's that important, you put it in a goddamn document. I see it over and over and over again. Oh, well, they said that, uh, you know, I'd get four weeks vacation, but it wasn't put in the contract, and, the, you know, we were just going to follow the handbook, and the handbook says that it's, you know, this and that. Well, you know what? You better look at it and say, either either I'm willing to cut ties with this, this company because they, they crapped out my vacation and took it down to one or two weeks instead of four or five, and they don't care about my schedule, and then all the things that they promised me aren't happening put it in the document. If they're not willing to put it in the document, then they're not worthy of you. You're not that valuable to them. If you're valuable to them, they'll put it in the document. That is a measuring stick that I use to evaluate whether they value you. If you want four weeks vacation, you say in the contract, I shall get four weeks vacation accrued at this way and it's paid out, blah, blah, blah. And so much carries over, if not all of it, blah, blah, blah. Spelled out very specifically in the contract. Get it in the contract. Otherwise, you cannot come back and say, oh, well, you said it over here in this document. They'll be like, yeah, well, it wasn't in the contract. doesn't matter. It's moot. Yeesh. Come on, guys. Put it in the contract. And if, if some people tried, some of the people that I've talked to, to all their credit, they tried to get it in there and they couldn't get it in there. And then they changed it unilaterally later because it was just part of their benefits package. And they say, yeah, we're paying out too much. We can't afford this anymore. So, uh, you know, either we go out of business or, uh, you know, we cut your vacation down to two weeks. And that way we can save a bunch of money and keep the doors open. Well, then that may or may not be valuable to you. 
<laughs> you may want to do it because you may not have a job in the in the long run. But if it's in the contract, they can say, you know what, we we're gonna we can't we can't change it now. Well, we can we can we both have to agree to change it. Well, okay, you want to go down to two weeks? That's fine. You could buy me out of my three weeks or two weeks. How much is it worth to you to go down on my on my uh, vacation? Or maybe you could uh, flex something else. I don't know. Maybe your rate goes up. Maybe you can get a better incentive pay structure out of it. Use it as a leveraging tool. But they can't unilaterally do it if it's in the contract. Some people just have to take the deal they got. I get it. You take the deal and you worry about the rest later. But that just goes to show that you know you 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 have no leverage, no no negotiation power when that happens. Okay, does that make sense? You lose all negotiation power. If you get it in the contract, you may may still have to do it or the company goes out of business. Yeah, you could do it, but you might be able to come up with other ways of getting reimbursed money. Maybe you lose vacation time, but you can get better pay if you work more hours or you, you see more patients per hour or you come up with a, a better incentive structure. There's other options. It gives you other options. I hate people losing options. Okay, I'm harping on it now. Not meaning to. How do you guys support the show? You guys know. You go to my website, thenpdude.com. You click on the Amazon banner. It's a great way to support the show financially. doesn't cost you a single penny, dime, nickel, quarter. doesn't. Nothing. Promise it doesn't. What you do is you click on that button that says Amazon. It takes you to Amazon. You do your shopping. You buy all that awesome summer stuff, the new swimsuits. I'm buying a bunch of crap for the camper. We're getting stuff ready to go camping. We just bought a used camper a couple months ago. So we're trying to get it all fixed up and ready to go. And hopefully it works and doesn't smell like a sweaty foot. But it might. So we're working on that. You guys do what you guys need to do. Oh, boy, that was a loud one. <laughs> that was all three of my propane tanks rolled. Oh, boy. I hope it didn't squish all my groceries. It's going to have squishy bananas. All right, so um, you go to Amazon. You do your purchasing you otherwise would have, and it kicks me a couple percentage. It's not a huge amount of money. I got steady people that buy a lot of health food. Whoever you are, health food person, email me. I want to thank you. Somebody's buying health food stuff. I love it. I wish I could get healthy again. <laughs> I got to find time. I gotta find time. All right, how else can you support the show? There is a big fat donate button. If you guys feel like you uh, get value from this show and you want to throw a couple dollars at me, I will take it. I promise I will, and I will appreciate it. I just got a couple of them over the the, the weekend so far. So, um, you guys that are that are donating and uh, and see value in the show, I appreciate it. You can also share the show with your friends. Tell your colleagues that there's this wacky guy in Ohio driving around in his car talking on his phone and uh, trying to help you guys out, giving out some free guidance. This is not legal advice. This is free guidance, right? You can also buy a Chronic Contractables t-shirt if you want one. I can get them for you. I'm kind of out of them right now. I need to reorder. So um, what I need you to do, don't just go right to PayPal and say you want a shirt because sometimes I, I lose those in there. What I need you to do is email me, jeff at the npdude.com. You tell me the size and the address you want it sent to, and uh, I'll put you on a list. I'll get it get it ordered, and then I'll get it shipped out. It takes a couple weeks to get them made, um, so I'm still waiting for a couple more orders before I do that. There's a couple people that have been waiting a long time, and I apologize for that, but um, I, I don't like doing small runs because it costs more. So I want to do them in uh, bigger batches so I can make sure that that uh, it's cost effective. 25 buckaroos, pay through PayPal. Um, it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. All right, guys, I know some people are working the weekend. If you're working, I want you to be smart. I want you to be safe. Promote our profession. 
do good work. We'll talk soon.